Welcome to Sports Political Discussions, folks. This is a group of guys that has been a group chat for a long period of time. And finally, it's the start of the podcast. Lots of arguments over chat. Now comes the video. We have me, myself, Will Irwin, Sam Mefford, Drew Wolf, and Austin Brooks. And we also have another member that is not active tonight, Ryan Barker. And Sam Mefford is going to give you guys our topics for tonight. Hello, everyone. I am Sam. Thank you, Will, for the introduction today. Um, I think the focus of this whole group over the past couple weeks, ever since you know the NFL sort of wrapped it up, um, along with college football, is college basketball and the landscape with that. You know, we've had plenty of good games over the past few weeks and a lot of interesting results that have been very like fun to digest and, you know, talk about. We've had plenty of arguments over that. So to start today, we are going to be going through, each of us created a list of our top 25 teams, basically our own AP polls. We're going to be kind of going through that and arguing about it. After that, we'll get into some talk about conference rankings and which power six conference is the best. Uh, and then we'll start breaking down some results from this past weekend. Uh, we had a lot of fun stuff. My friend Drew, his, uh, his Georgia Bulldogs nearly pulled off a miracle. Um, Drew, you have any That's right. initial thoughts on that before we get started? You know, I just want to applaud uh, the Georgia basketball team for their best performance in many, many years. As you know, they have won SEC win so far this season against the Crimson Tide, which happened last week. And this week, you know, at halftime in that game, the score was 42 to 30. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's just a normal number one seed beats down on the unranked team. And then in that second half, man, Tom Crean, I don't know what he did at halftime, but he propelled the dogs to in those final 20 minutes, score 42 points. And, you know, the biggest talking point that I can bring to this game is uh, the very, very controversial finish to that game that I feel like has kind of gone under the radar on some platforms. Uh, End of the game, right? You got tie game, 72-72. Uh, Auburn, I feel like on that last play, you know, that layup, that should have been a charge. He's coming in, throws his elbow up into the Georgia defender, knocks him back. His feet do not move. He takes that like a champ. Then there's no whistle, no whistle. Easy lay-in with three seconds left on the clock. And, you know, I just feel like Georgia, you know, especially after all the – like effort they put into that game, they got kind of screwed in the end. And that's that's my unbiased, you know, take on that game. I was shocked by the way that they were able to even be in that at that point and just for it to be taken away with a missed call. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, let me come got? in here. I'm just gonna say, um, Auburn. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I've said it before, but Auburn right now is giving me major second round exit vibes. This team, actually, I know. Cardwell, Matt Cardwell. I like that guy, but nothing about this team. You know, they got Kessler. They got a high energy, very high energy team. Bruce Pearl at coach, you know, but they just give me really, really big second round. Because if I had to look at their past few weeks, I mean, for a number one team, you're beating Georgia by barely. You're barely beating Georgia, man. I mean, this team just does not impress me right now. The one loss to UConn, who I think is a – I don't really like UConn. 
Um, but yeah, they also were at Missouri a week ago. Win that game by one. So how is this team going to do at a neutral site in which we saw their only loss at a neutral site this year? And as we move into our top 25 discussions, let's start with you, Austin. Give me one ranking that you have that you pride yourself by that might stand out from the rest of us. So Kentucky's, Kentucky's the best team in the country. Ty Ty Washington doesn't get hurt at Auburn. They win it. Auburn goes down. Auburn probably loses to Missouri. They fall off. Kentucky, they beat Alabama last night. I don't care that Alabama didn't play good. <laughs> Kentucky's the best team in the country. Oscar's a beast. That's bold. All right. Here, I got something to say about that, Austin. So, like, I think Kentucky plays Auburn again. Kentucky wins. But I feel like it's just unfair. Like, even though they almost just lost to Georgia, I feel like it's unfair to not rank Auburn number one because, like, out of, like, the power six, they easily have the best record, and it's not even close. So, like, I just feel like they just got to be the number one team just based off of that alone, especially with the head-to-head win over Kentucky and the better record. I feel like if they play again, Kentucky wins, but right now you just can't rank Kentucky above Auburn when you're giving credit where it's due. When Ty Ty got hurt, they were down four. Or, no, they are down, like, six. And then with that was early in the second half. And then three minutes left in the second half, they're down four. If they have tie-tie, that, that game doesn't. I think Kentucky wins. That's still a six-point game, though. Yeah. A four-point game. I don't know, man. I, I think I think you're uh, you you're uh, basing a little bit too much of this off of the Kansas game, and, and sure, Kansas looked really good this past weekend against Baylor. Um, I mean, you know, Kansas is a tough team, but sometimes teams just come out into the gym and just don't have it. And that night, Kansas didn't have it, and Kentucky owned them, but. I think if we are being realistic, we could we could say Kentucky's a top four team, but like Drew said, it's it is unfair to rank them ahead of Auburn when Auburn did beat them and they have three less losses and better wins than Kentucky has. Um, well, you could you could say that about anybody, okay? Providence, who Providence uh, beat Wisconsin. Will. Um. So I just have to say, I think with the rankings. There's a lot of different ways people are ranking these. So I think Austin, he's more of a eye test guy, right? I, for example, I am strictly a resume guy, all right? So I don't really look at – I look at the whole season. And I understand, obviously, recently that's what matters more. That whole season for my rankings is how I'm looking at it. So I got Auburn number one. Do I think they're the best team in the country? No. So. <laughs> So you're saying head-to-head matters most, right? Yeah, head-to-head really does matter. So why isn't UConn above Auburn? Because UConn's not worth the crap. Well, because UConn, <laughs> UConn's 15-6. and six. Auburn is 22-1. and one. Who won? UConn. But Auburn has won five more games. Yeah. Okay. And okay. lost, lost five less. Five less yeah. games. That's that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Drew or Will, one of you guys give one of your top 25 hot takes. All right. Here. So I want there's I, I was excited about this. I was looking at it just now. So I've got two teams 
that I really want to highlight because they're the two teams in my top 25 that are not in the power six. So here we got first, I'll start with my 23, my number 23, uh, the Murray State Racers. Big, big fan of these guys. I mean, right now they've got two losses and they've got six games left to play. So they basically, maybe, I don't even know if they need to win their conference to make the tournament at this point. Because, I mean, here they've got wins where they're, they have multiple games over 100 points. They have three games over 100 points. One of these games, I don't care who the team is. They beat a Division One program, Tennessee Wesleyan, 118 to 48. <laughs> I mean, that's brutal. And I also want to highlight uh, on this Murray State team, uh, Tevin Brown. Uh, he's averaging 17 and a half right now and six rebounds as a guard. He's sort of like a because in college basketball, you don't really see triple doubles, all that going on at that uh, level. It's not really that kind of play style, but he has a very highly like translating to the NBA vibe that I get just from looking at him. And Murray State, I feel like, is a sleeper going into tournament time. And from the looks of it right now, they could end up being like a four or five seed, but still don't feel like a lot of people are talking about them. And then this other one, more of a lower key uh, team, and I mainly want to highlight them because they're their best player, uh, the Davidson Wildcats at 25 that I have right here. And they started off the season slow. They started off one and three. Since then, they've lost one game in the past uh, three months. So they're riding a hot streak. They did lose two weeks ago to VCU. But the player that gets me really excited about this team, Foster Lawyer, he's only averaging 15 a game, but this kid is a shooter. As a guard, he's got that 45.2 field goal percentage, 93.8 free throw, 45.9 on the three-point percentage. And this team has three players averaging over 15 a game right now. So I overall, as like a whole, the other two guys, you got Hyunjung Lee and Luka Brajkovic, I believe is how you say it. Uh, all these three guys averaging over 15. And those last two guys I uh, said, both are averaging over six boards a game alongside Fletcher's elite shooting ability right now. So I just really like both of these teams going into the tournament. Awesome, what you got for me? Davidson's the type of team that everyone's going to pick to go to like the elite eight as the mid major, and they're just going to lose in the first round. I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's, that's a point. take. That's a take. Will, what you got? Um, I have to say, so you mentioned Foster Lawyer. First of all, this guy's got to have some relation to Fletcher Loyal. He does. Second, He's his brother. Second of all, okay, that makes sense. Second of all, this is the guy, and I didn't realize this, same small dude from Michigan State, and it's just making me realize Seeing all these dudes blossom in their second years of college, such a different game than the NBA. You look at Johnny Davis. Every year, these guys, they stay another year. Difference makers. You look at a guy yeah. like Foster Lawyer. Because I remember that guy at Michigan State. He was like he was like a fan favorite meme guy. He, he was horrible. Was, he shot like 30 from three. Yeah. But yeah, I, I up here at 46. Also, I also have a little bit of a hot take shouldn't be a hot take in my top 25 so i got number one sovereign tigers obviously i said that number two i've got the providence friars the friars right now 
have a 20 and two record. That's right. They've won 20 games. All right. Al Durham. My U fans in here. You know, you look at Metford, you look at a guy like Drew. But Al Durham's the guy who is, he's the ringleader of this team. He's the boss man. He is the guy. He's averaging almost 14 points. And they just got some a moxie to them that, you know, they, they kind of give me some tournament march, you know, kind of deal. And I think where Lunardi's got them at a four is complete BS. They're four and over the top 25. Wisconsin, their win versus them doesn't even count for that because Wisconsin wasn't ranked at the time. It, it was in the Cole Center. Um, and I know Austin said that they didn't have Davis, but uh, to Wisconsin's best player is Davis, but their most important, Tyler Wall. Um, yeah, back over to Austin. So are you telling me that on the neutral court, Providence is going to beat Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky, Arizona? Even Baylor, even though they're doing bad recently, Duke, Kansas, Houston. all those teams, Houston, Texas Tech. One hundred percent. I mean, this team has all the pieces. I think Al Durham is is a great player, and you know they also guys like Nate Watson at center, guys like Noah Horkler, Noah Horkler putting up eight point four boards a game. Right, he's not even their center. I mean, these dudes they got big play. They obviously have the guard play, Durham and Reeves. Listen, I think it's a complete team coming out of the Big East here. Watch out for them in March, folks. Watch out for them in March. Hey, Austin. Austin, so back yeah. to what you said. So, you know, you said Davidson was like the mid-major team that everyone's just going to, you know, count, like say, oh, they're going to they're gonna make it. That's Providence for me. Yeah. That's Providence. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's Providence. Will, you're the same guy that had Wake Forest at number two with about four weeks left of the college football season. So, they were deserving. a little rough. They, they were deserving. <laughs> See, I'm more of a deserving guy because Wake Forest, an undefeated team out there, ACC. We're not going to get into that topic, but just saying. <laughs> All right, Meth, what you got for us? What's so your bad. What's your uh, take, Hot, hottest take from your – or what you want to highlight from your top 25? So I got two things that really, you know, piqued my interest when I looked at my top 25. Actually, top 27, if we're being honest, because one of these isn't actually in the top 25. But um, at number five, I had the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And so the premise of my whole rankings is it's like half and half. It's like an Arnold Palmer. You know, we got half resume, eye test, all that, half how well is your team playing right now? You know, it's, it's a power rankings, if you will. Texas Tech is playing the best basketball in the country right now. I don't think anyone's debating that. They had a tough loss to Kansas a couple weeks ago on Monday night, um, and they should have won that game. They came back, and honestly, they, they got screwed in that game. It went to double overtime, and there were countless times where Texas Tech should have pulled away, but, you know, the Allen Fieldhouse refs did not allow that to happen. Um, but Texas Tech is the best defensive team in the country. I don't think anyone is debating that. This is a blue-collar team, mostly made up of transfers. Um, Kevin O'Banner, the star of the show in the tournament last year for Oral Roberts, has put filled this role as a stretch four for this Texas Tech team to go alongside Bryson Williams, who is the most underrated player in the country at center slash forward for Texas Tech. He had 
35 against Kansas, and no one was talking about it at all. This is a guy, a back-to-the-basket dude, who can come out and hit shots when need be, and a dude that it, I would be terrified to play in March. So this Texas team is ve- Texas Tech team is very chippy. We saw what they did to Texas last week, um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they continue to do this throughout the remainder of the regular season. Now, I will say, when, when we get to tournament play, this could be a team that I fade because I don't love their offensive system. Mark Adams is a great coach, which we've seen, but he's also a new coach. This is his first time as a head coach throughout his career. And when you watch this team, they are very dependent upon offensive rebounds and ultimately just isolation bully ball type style. And at the end of the day, if shots aren't falling in March, then we're, we're going to have trouble winning games. So as of right now, they're number five, but that could, that could easily change. Like you said, how you're going to fade them in the tournament sort of kind of, yeah, I think they're a first round exit. I, I don't like them. I I have them at, I have them at uh, number six right now, but I think they're going to be upset. You don't like them, but you got them at six. I got them at six right now, based off how they're playing. This is now you can't keep up this the rest of the year. So I wouldn't get so. So what do you? This wants me to ask a question. What do you think about Kansas going into the tournament? Because they're playing very like both those teams. I'd say are the two hottest teams right now. So obviously outside of Auburn. So what would you say? Like. Is Kansas the same way? You don't. I wouldn't say Kansas. Yeah, Kansas had some good wins, but they also lost what two Saturdays ago, or even last Saturday, I think. What by eighteen on their home floor? Yeah, but I would I would debate that Kansas is hotter than Texas Tech right now, considering they just beat them and then stomped Baylor just yesterday. Yeah, uh, I I do agree with you. I think Kansas is, like you said, one of the hottest teams in the country. And when I look at teams heading into the tournament, I, I, I look at three factors. One, talent. How many top 100 recruits are on your team? Two, coaching. How tough is your coach and how good is your coach? And they have the, the best coach in the country. And number three, how tough is your team? Kansas, out of those three categories, I think the one place they're lacking is toughness. But I think they have a blue chip guy on the bench in Remy Martin that could easily come in and fill the point guard role and be that tough point guard that they, that they need to fill alongside guys like Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji, two dudes who can fill it up, but are also, you know, you know, cocky and chippy in a way. So they're a team that could, could, could make a run. Absolutely would not surprise me. So who do you say was your number? Like your, who do you think the best coach in the country is? Bill Self. That's whack. Who's Sorry yours? I'll, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll take. I'll take Coach. <laughs> I'll take Coach Cal the way he can develop freshmen and basically be an elite eight team every year. Sweet sixteen, maybe. I'll take Cal. The, for they weren't him. even in the tournament last year. What? Who cares about last year? Last year was a dump. Okay, suit yourself, pal. Hey, watch out for the Blue Devils. No, this year. I yeah. feel like Duke's gonna Duke Watch and just out. like Duke's gonna Duke, go under the radar and make the Final Four or something. No, I totally I, see that happening. I think we're gonna get a Wildcat Championship with Kentucky and Arizona as of this moment. I Trevor. love Arizona. I love oh, yeah. Arizona right now. And I also uh, this for you, Matt. Uh, 
hate UCLA. Whoa. No, no. If I if I had to make a bracket right now, Arizona is winning the tournament for me. I, I mean, I got Kentucky, but I got Arizona as runner-ups. I'm UCLA. huge on the Wildcats right now. UCLA is giving me big, big, big second round exit vibes with Auburn. <laughs> They're giving. Is there I'll any team that's that. not giving you second round exit vibes? <laughs> Wait, here's here's no, something no, no, I want to bring no, up. No, no. Providence. <laughs> here's something I want to bring up about Providence. Well, before these past like five games, like a week and two weeks, have you ever watched a game of Providence before that? Really, but besides Wisconsin. Ah. Really. In fact, I tuned into the game today. <laughs> Probably because it was the only game on at 12 o'clock. That's what's it's another game on. That's the work you got to put in, right? Well, Actually, your, I, take, your takes are horrible. I'm hey, just saying, up. this Providence team has got some guys. They, they've got, they're complete. They're a complete team. And as I said, as I just said, I was looking to get into this. With UCLA, last year, you look at their run, underdogs, 11C. This year... You know, they're going to be probably around a four or five seed. I mean, I just don't think they have the energy this year. This team is not there right now, and they don't bring energy. I Look at the Oregon game. These guys are just there, all right? They have the talent, but I don't think they're picking up in March. I think they're out in the first or second round. In fact, why am I saying second? First, not, first you know every team can't go out in the second round, right? Can I defend myself? Can I, can I, yeah, yeah, go math, go math. Can, can I defend this UC Los Angeles Bruins team here? No. This was a team that was preseason top 10 a year ago. Terrible regular season. Ended up in the first four, right? They were, they were so bad, so abysmal in the regular season that they ended up in a spot like that. You know what, though? They had the talent. They had the toughness at coach with Mick the Goat Cronin. And, and they were able to make a run against Mick. and and arguably the hardest of the regions last year. I feel like it's There's just hard to count. There's no region it's, that's better than another. Come on. Well, here, wait, hold on. I feel like it's just like hard in general, like any year, no matter what their seat is, like to count out a blue blood. Yeah. Absolutely. They like, they just, they find a way. I'm counting them they out. Always seem to Get find them out of here. What, Jamie? Over there, Bruins, Cronin. Jamie Hawkwes, or however you pronounce it, that dude I, looks like he just hates Mick Cronin. That Mick Cronin was just yelling his mind off at him yesterday after like one one bad possession. It's a good coach until you until the players stop wanting to play for you, and then you're a bad coach. A good coach until you take your team to the Final Four, and then you're a great coach. Yeah, and then you what losing the first round this year to the 15 seed, whoever. Keep speaking your mind. UCLA is not good. All right, here, here, here. I got a I got a discussion topic that I want to bounce off of something we talked about a few minutes ago. Like I just want to hear, you know, a little like short summary. We can have some little debates on this too. I don't want to get too far off track of our uh, schedule of uh, things we want to talk about, but uh, right now, you got to pick who who's winning March Madness right now. If you had to pick Kentucky, one. Kentucky, hundred percent. All right, and yeah, you've you've already talked about Kentucky, yeah. so so we'll, leave. we'll let pass it on. Yep. Yep. All right. Go ahead, Will. Providence? You don't want me to do it to you, do you? Give me the Friars. Providence. <laughs> Go Friars. Beth, what you got for me? Man, this is that's a tough question. Um, I got two teams in mind that I really like. And I had three 
uh, up until a tough week for the Bruins. But I think the two teams I really like are the Auburn Tigers, number one in the country. That's, that, that's not bold at all, um, although a lot of people are picking against them. They are a very, very tough, very talented team. And then two, the Duke Blue Devils. I think we kind of saw everything come into fruition against North Carolina. It was the, really the first time in a while that they had all played together and collectively and really showed what they're capable of. This is a team that has immense talent and motivation for their coach in his final year. It's going to be hard to knock off Duke this year, especially with Paulo playing the way he is. Right. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like that Duke one a lot. And Drew, Drew, yours. Uh, so I, I said a few minutes ago, uh, I'm taking Arizona. And, you know, after a little bit more, like looking at the stats and all that, uh, I feel like this team is sort of offensively, especially Texas Tech, but minus the miss first attempts on their shots. Cause like you said, they're Texas Tech's all about second chance points. Here you have. Here, I'll just list off the first uh, three leading scores on this Arizona team. 45, rounds up 46%, 55%, 61%. You've got another guy shooting 63, a little bit further down. Um, and, yeah, I just like this team a lot because you got guys, like, especially they can do it on both sides of the ball because you have the best defensive presence down low with Christian Coloco on this Arizona team he's averaging hold on 3.2 blocks per game right now I mean obviously there's probably some guy on some tiny school that averages more but like this guy's playing in the Pac-12 blocking shots at that level I feel like this Arizona team's got just that bully ball presence but without the mistakes that Texas Tech has Drew, Drew I have a question for you What's up? Do you think that Tommy Lloyd can take this team to win the national championship in his first year? Yeah, see, that's that's where it gets tough with them. But the reason I say at right, like right now, yes, is because this team with their style of play isn't a super hard one to coach. They're all about that post presence. They're high efficient scores. They're not efficient outside the three-point line, which is going to be a struggle for them. But I feel like it's all about the presence of their players down low with Coloco, uh, Tubelis, uh, Benedict Mathurin as the uh, point leading the way. Like I just feel like this team, they've got that tenacity to them where I feel like the coach isn't really going to have to honestly do as much to like help them win because they know what their skills are what they need to do tommy lloyd is mark fuse longtime assistant at gonzaga right tommy tommy lloyd's gonna do what uh in his first year at arizona what mark few probably couldn't do at 23 years at gonzaga he's i they're my second pick to win national championship i wouldn't be surprised if they do he's gonna show up mark few immediately yeah i agree i think it's possible my seconds also the Wildcats. Uh, well, they're That's not winning it all now. Second keyword. Friars are still number one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What do we got next? What do we? What's our topic? Um. So we can we can run. Let's do the conference debate. Honestly, I feel like 
we kind of covered a lot of the games that we were planning yeah. on talking about in that whole discussion. So I think, um, you know, to wrap up the college basketball talk, let's, let's kind of go through who we each think are the, the best conferences in the sport. Yeah. And I'll start here. Um, my number one conference is going to be the mountain West. No, I'm, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Ooh, hey. I, I, the Mountain West is is probably top five though. Uh, I would. They're fun, they're fun to watch. They're, they, fun. they're, they're Co- fun to watch. Colorado State, Wyoming, man. They got uh, that's a fun conference. Colorado oh, wow. State is so fun. Yeah. Um, but in being realistic, uh, the best conference without a debate is the Big Twelve, and I know they lost seven to three in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. But I will say some of the matchups that they had were not favorable, right? If we, if we match up the best teams in each conference, I think the Big 12 wins that. Yeah, so, wait, who did uh, – I forget, who did Auburn play in that? Auburn played um, Oklahoma, who's – Yeah, like, come who has, on. Who has double-digit loss. Come on. Yeah. I can name – yeah, come on. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> that's yeah. not favorable. Year in and year out, the Big 12 has proven to be the toughest conference and really produced the most. You know, if you ever watch a Big 12 game on a Saturday or even a Thursday night, they'll show that ad like every three TV timeouts where it's like 70% of our teams have gone to a Final Four in this century, which is a ridiculous stat because if you were to find the percentage of other conferences, it would be nowhere near that. So this is a conference, like I said, that produces year in and year out. And ultimately, they have, you know, two I, – I wouldn't even say, like, the best teams, but they, they're certainly the, the deepest. Um, and then after that, SEC two. It's not a debate. Big Ten, reluctantly, I'll put it three. Um, and then you can kind of debate the, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, or the, uh, the uh, Big East for the next spot. ACC – just not not in that not level. horrible i feel like wait let me look here for a second yeah duke's the only acc team in my top 25 i believe just yeah. looking at it like this that's a week especially if you're gonna call yourself power six you know to have one team yeah absolutely and it's just like football too yeah exactly this year especially yeah poverty with clemson with clemson falling off Duke's carrying the Duke's carrying the whole football and basketball. Like they're the only team that's shown any promise. Duke football sucks. What are you talking about? No, I'm talking like Duke basket, <laughs> like Duke basketball, out of both sports. Yeah, yeah, is the only you. one that's like. I will say anything, and, and I want to give a shout out here to to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Um, one of one of the kids in your guys's grade. His brother, Jake Laravia. Oh. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Laravia. Laravia. Yeah, he is a stud on this team, averaging 15. He went to LC. Um, this is a team that's sneaking up on on people. They're they're currently 19 and five. And Steve Forbes, and this is either his second or third year. He has done an immaculate job in putting this program back on the map. And honestly, with how cruddy this conference is right now, this could be a team that sneaks up and ends up as like a five or six seed wouldn't be surprised they could be like in uh oregon state last year no oregon state was a 12 seed they went to the elite eight i mean wake forest obviously isn't nationally known they could go sweet 16 elite eight 
Why not? So uh, I actually want to – I'm just going to continue with what Sam said because I also believe the Big 12 is the top uh, conference in the country. And looking right here, I did not know this until right now. There is not a single Big 12 team under 500 right now. Every single one of those teams, the worst record percentage-wise is Oklahoma State at 11 and 11. So theoretically, depending on how this plays out, any of these teams can make the tournament right now. And we are in February, which is mind-blowing, especially based on how the conference tournament can uh, fall. But you got all these teams like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, Iowa State. All those teams have seven or less losses. I mean, this conference is so unbelievably deep. You don't have, you don't see that at any other conference, especially at that high level. This conference is competitive. Each game can go either way. I mean, you could literally have your 11 and 11, or no, actually your 12 and 10 Kansas State Wildcats going up against Baylor, and any team can win. Obviously, Baylor's the favorite, but like at this point, I'm not going to be surprised if Kansas State wins that game. This conference has that talent level across the board. Yeah, and it's almost worrisome to me because when you have so many teams that you have to play, like if you're playing three games a week and you're playing teams that are going to maul you and it's going to be a fist fight, then we could see an effect kind of like last year in the Big Ten where teams had beat up on each other so much during the regular season that teams are just out of gas when it comes to the tournament. And especially given the fact that the Big 12 doesn't have like a like solidified top three or five team, um, you know, this could be a, a conference where we see, um, you know, a lot of teams go out early despite how good they are just because they're out of gas from the regular season. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to mine. I do have SEC, SEC number one just because they're my top two teams in the country or two of the top three in the country with uh, Kentucky and uh, Auburn. So I do have them number one. I just like their star power. And you got teams, although I'm critical on them, you got Arkansas that can beat any team on any given night. Alabama can beat any team. They beat Gonzaga. Um, they can beat any team on any given night. And then I got Big 12 too. I think those are unanimous one, two. I don't really care how you pull them. And then uh, Big 10, three, just got Purdue, Illinois, two teams in my top 10. Then the Pac-12 for the Conference of Champions, as Bill Walton can't say enough. And then, yeah, uh, I got Big East and Mountain West rounding out the top six. All right, All right. what you got so, for us, man? I'd have to agree with Austin here. The SEC, in my eyes, is easily – easily, I say easily, the best conference um, from top to bottom. I mean, it's a great conference. Now, the next three – I think it's really close between the Big 12, Big East, and Big 10. I think those conferences to me, very similar. I think it's a lot of being slept on here in the Big East. A lot of Big East being slept on. Big 10, though, I feel like they don't have the depth, nor does the Big East, obviously. Big East, they're top teams. It'll be interesting there, but I'd have to go Big 12, two, And then I'd say Big 10, three, Big East, four. Then I'm going ACC, five. All right. And then Pac-12 is awful last. 
Oh, Austin, you got some thoughts on that? Well, you're a joke, dude. The Big East, yeah, I have Providence and Marquette in the my top 15. But, dude, they're nowhere close to the Big 10 or Big 12. And the Pac-12 is better. I'm sorry, Arizona. And I don't like USC, but USC. And I don't like UCLA, but UCLA, they would they would be uh, Providence most likely. Just Providence is hot right now. Marquette's hot right now. But I don't know why you love the Big East so much. You like these smaller teams that have good record, but then in football you hate group of five teams. Well, the Big East is a. We're talking college basketball now. We're you know we're talking power six most of the time. They're not major conference. Big East, you got Providence, Villanova, Marquette, UConn, Xavier, Creighton, Seton Hall. You know, St. John's is one of those bubble teams that gets it, interesting. Okay, when St. Um, John's gets brought up, the conversation <laughs> is over. <laughs> Creighton too. Creighton was and had one thirty-seven to sixteen at half the other night. Dude, didn't Xavier just lose to DePaul team? They have yeah. like yep. seven scholarship players yeah, was, and like yeah. a bunch of walk-ons. They barely beat. To, on my top twenty-five, I was going to. I was like, where am I going to put in Xavier here? Because I didn't. I totally just disregarded their game yesterday. I was like, looking at them, they're going to win. That's easy as that. Come back to them today. They lost. Like, DePaul, I'm looking at the Big East right now because Will brought them up. DePaul is 2-9 and nine in the conference. <laughs> so, okay, every team's got – every conference, I'm sorry, has their their low, you know, trash team. Like, the Big Ten's got well, – Not the Nebraska. Big 12. Who's not the Big 12. 12. Okay, who cares about 12. Nebraska? Nebraska sucks every year, dude. But Xavier barely beat a horrible Butler team at home. I mean, Butler sucks. They won by two. Big 12, Big 12 doesn't have any of those like weak teams. They have no West weakness. Virginia has two and seven in conference, dude. Yeah, and West, West, Virginia would, West Virginia would probably run Creighton out of the gym. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's Creighton like the fifth best team in that conference? Yeah. Creighton. Yeah, back no. down. Creighton is the sixth Creighton best team at a five and five, five conference record. <laughs> Dude, I mean, Xavier, is, Xavier is six and five in the conference. The Crane's five and five in the conference. I mean, heck, man, I think it's, yes, a, it's a conference. It's a after conference. yesterday, where do we think? Uh, where do we think Georgia would stand in the Big East after that <laughs> yesterday? I mean, <laughs> they'd be down with the Hoyas and the Blue Demons. I don't know about that one, man. The Blue I Demon. Like can, I feel like the Bulldogs give the Friars a run for their money, man. <laughs> if, That's, if if Jackson Adams right. on a heater. Cario Quendo, bro, twenty-five <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, I think he, Nebraska. He, I think Nebraska he, would run the Big East. I think. Uh, I think uh, Cairo would give Aljami Durham uh, a, some run for his money, man. I'm not sure about that Big East take. I want to make one observation. If if we go through the top five teams, there's like a sixty percent chance that a former Georgia player is on your team. <laughs> we, uh, that we, is very true. We got severe is... severe Wheeler at Kentucky, just <laughs> Justin Kyer at Arizona, and um Katie Johnson at Auburn. Like what? <laughs> that's it. That's a fine. The only reason I know that is is because we we obviously watch a lot of Georgia to watch the Crean show, but you know. <laughs> yeah, Crean uh... Tom Crane. Green thought he could bring in some replacements, and uh, that record's not uh, 
pointing <laughs> towards that 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 transfer portal really paid off. And now the athletic department's going to bring in his replacement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One and nine in the conference, six and seventeen. But I mean, hey, yesterday, this like this. Okay, yesterday made me realize this tournament is going to be nuts. It is. And like literally the six and seventeen Georgia Bulldogs, and you can't even say Auburn had a bad day yesterday because they were up twelve at half. This looked like another, like I said earlier, once number one team destroys the unranked team, like a casual game, like Bama playing Vanderbilt in football. But like this terrible Georgia team gave them a run for their money. Like this March is going to be wild. Yeah, absolutely if, wild. If Georgia's if Georgia's given Auburn a game, then who's to say Nickel State won't? Exactly. Nickel Seriously, State, like that's not dude. Even, What's the guy's name at Nickel State? That dude's a beast. <laughs> that dude didn't miss. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm looking at another uh, conference right now. Uh, the Patriot League. When was the last time a like military school made the ba- like March Madness tournament? Because they're all none of them are really basketball schools. Air Force probably made it at one point. Air, Air Force, Force is Mountain West. Oh yeah, well Air Force is still well no still military still school. even even just a military school in general like there's only two in the Patriot League yeah it's a good question like because because right now Navy is fifteen and eight eight and four in that conference they could imagine seeing like when was the last time you think Navy team school like that made a made March Madness hey dude that is Nick, a really good point really Nichols Nickel State could be the Oral Roberts of this year dude. Like Ty Gordon at Nickel State is so good. That's your Max Abbas. I'm telling. I'm telling you. Here, Meth, you got it. You got that. Nickel State is like negative in Ken Palm efficiency rating. I don't care about Ken Palm. I, I don't I care about my about, eyes. I want to hear about Nickel State. I care about my eyes. Okay, but the crazy thing is, any team can be the Oral Roberts. Like I was talking about, any Nickel team. State. We'll come. Wild. We'll come back in March at the end of March when Nickel State's in the Sweet Sixteen. And you'll you'll realize. Hey, right. I think Drew had a really really uh, uh good point there with the Patriot League. Cause I'm looking at that right now. Who's coming out of Patriot League? <laughs> Colgate's eleven and eleven, and they're leading the conference right now. Colgate's obviously going to be the favorite because they, you know, historically over the past few years they usually win the Patriot League. But Navy and Army, Boston University, Loyola, Maryland, those four teams have a legit chance. I really don't picture. think it matters. Four teams. Okay, four teams. But, I, I'm just saying, scenery wise, color, fresh color. Four teams. I have not. Seen we we care about black for, hey, for everyone. For everyone who doesn't know, we like those color matchups are important over here. Yeah. SPD. We don't want no red on red. We don't want blue on blue. We need those. We need those fresh colors. Well, you probably got Colgate going to the final four against Providence. I uh, don't. <laughs> Loyola Chicago though they're they're going back to the tourney this year so we'll see what they can do. Is Sister Jean still alive? She is. They're sitting pretty at a eighteen and four right now, first in the Missouri Valley. So big win today. I'm telling, yeah, Loyola. They're I'm telling it right now. Another Sweet Sixteen run. I'm telling right now. I don't even think they'll win their conference. I'll take Drake over them. I like Drake. Sister actually. Jean. Sister Jean is one hundred and two. All right. All right. What do we got? Let's keep this going. Yeah. That's about what? Two or three points we've had so far? 
Yeah. Uh, I know we're getting the Super Bowl later. Which is that's gonna be good. Yeah, Super Bowl. That's, that's for last. We yeah, can we, get there now. Last. We can get yeah, there should, now. Should we, we just should we just do hold that on. now? Hold this, on, hold on, hold on. We didn't start this till eight thirty and then we had like before, my ten minute break. Before we get to the Super Bowl, let's just get a little like give me like a f- couple minutes here to like can we just absolutely talk about how awful that Pro Bowl was to watch. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I Terrible. turned it off at halftime. I mean that was painful. Okay, but you guys had seven seven guys representing tonight. Yeah, I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like, dude, those court, like, I feel like those interceptions had to be on purpose. Yeah. Hey, that just shows the NFL might be scripted. Hey, hey, no. Max, Max Gritty though. <laughs> yeah, Max Gritty on the called back touchdown. Which oh was, yeah, God. that was that was hard to watch. I'm gonna be honest, and and <laughs> it's just soft and not football doesn't need that. No. They, money, they need money grabbers. They need to do something to fix it because it's. Fun. I feel like. It I feel like they fun. could. Something that they could. Uh, I mean, I feel like if you're gonna do touch, you don't need to wear pads. Let the players play loose. It would make it make for more acrobatic plays. Play things like that. I almost want to say make it just like a seven on seven thing, but I don't want to take linemen, especially I play D line for the high school team. I don't want to take them out of the equation because they don't get enough respect as it is but like from an entertainment standpoint i feel like we they, they just need to work in like a seven on seven and like a one-on-one pass rush type thing without pads or something like that if they're just going to play two and touch football i think they should but, just do a- afc players versus nfc mascots <laughs> no dude what they need to do, if they really want to bring it back like for real they need to go back to the draft like that was fun that was fun to watch the draft made it competitive because they were competing. What was the what was the stipulation for the coaches? What were they competing for? I think it was like a charity you. charity. Of it it was probably selling charity. It's still the players still are going for charity in it, but they just don't care anymore. Yeah, exactly. Or you somehow work it to where, uh, uh, for instance, the MLB does it where you know the winner gets home field advantage, right? Obviously, the Super Bowl is at a neutral site, but if there's some sort of, you know, way you could incorporate the game to actually mean something, then it would be more fun to watch. If the like game you, goes, you could, here, awesome, you got it. If the game goes to overtime, uh, whoever, whatever uh, conference wins the Pro Bowl, they get uh, half the ball first. Yeah, like coin you could, toss. Yeah. So, like, you could do a – yeah, you could do that. Because, like, the problem with that, I feel like it would have to relate to next season because yeah, uh, MLB that's mid season, right? So there's players that are like, Oh, I want to, I think we'll make the world series. I want that home field advantage. So you could do like a, I feel like that wouldn't work. Cause like, they're like, well, like imagine like Kyler Murray he's probably like, well, I don't care if the Rams get the ball first yeah. or the Ram, the Rams win the coin toss. So it's like, <laughs> you could do, I don't know where you could go with that. Honestly. I have no, I, I don't know. Just a thought. It's a joke. Sadly. All right, let's we can move on to the Super Bowl now. Cuz you know, we're not going to have an episode until after, so Austin Brooks, what is your key to the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's the Bengals pass rush. Um their de- their defense won them that game in Kansas City obviously. So if Hendrickson and uh Hubbard and then you get some Harambe magic from above, I think they uh they can take it. Their offense is good enough as it is. Hey, and don't obviously- don't forget uh Larry Ogunjobi. Down there, isn't Larry, Larry Ogunjobi hurt? 
Oh, dude, he might be. I guess I didn't realize. DJ Reader isn't hurt. Um, and then the offensive line. I don't know how you're going to block Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller, but you can try your best. Yeah, no, that's so all that, that matters. What you just said at the end there, that's my, my key uh, success. It's either way. Rams' key to success is bullying that Bengals O-line, and the Bengals' key to success is somehow, some way, being able to give Burrow enough time to throw every single play. That's what it's all about for them. Because I just feel like, obviously, when you're getting – oh, wait. I mean, was it the Titans game? He got sacked nine times? Yeah. Nine times. Yeah, nine times. That's the Titans. You're going up against Aaron Donald – the most unstoppable player in NFL, arguably NFL history. a lot. And then you got guys like Von Miller, Leonard Floyd off the edge, some of the best edge rushers you can get on a consistency basis. So it's just like, I mean, this, I would, this could be the best pass rush in the league. So it just comes down to if the Bengals can stop that, I feel like they're good shape to win it, but if they can't, it's over. That's, that's all she wrote. You're not getting anything done on that D line if you can't stop it. Tighten up. I don't see how Jamar Chase can be effective if the Bengals can't block. Because if he is going to be isolated with Jalen Ramsey the entire game, guys, tell me this. Where does Jalen Ramsey thrive when he is playing cover corner? I mean, you don't really see that on the surface because he's the best in the game, obviously, at corner. That's the least debatable position in the entire league. Jalen Ramsey's number one. Mm -hmm. And the reason you don't see really where he thrives is because no one wants to target him because he's going to break up your pass or he's going to take it for himself. So I feel like that's just a hard question to answer because, I mean, he's a lockdown corner. People don't throw it at him for a reason. That's why the Rams this year have started using him at that uh, star or stud position as sort of like a hybrid linebacker, DB type player to get him more involved because in Jacksonville, that's what he was most unhappy about. He was, he once said in an interview, he was bored because he's too busy. He's always locking people up that there's no action ever coming his way because he's also a great tackler and run stopper. Yeah. And I think the Bengals, they're, they're going to have to do a lot of motion, discover is it man, is it zone, and then go from there, get Jamar on the opposite side as uh, Ramsey and let him go to work. The, the answer I was looking for there was, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey's vulnerable when the quarterback has a lot of time. All, all cornerbacks are vulnerable when the quarterback has a lot of time. Um, and if Jamar Chase is able to free himself up and, you know, take as much time as he needs to get open, then Jalen Ramsey's not going to be able to stop him. But when we have the short to intermediate stuff, you know, within five seconds of the snap, Jalen Ramsey is without a doubt, like you said, the best corner in the league. And, if, if let's just say the Rams are getting home, you know, very constantly and not just like getting sacks, but also, uh, you know, applying pressure and making him throw the ball quickly and all this sort of stuff, that really kind of takes Jamar Chase out of the game plan because Ramsey, for the first five seconds of the snap, is going to be totally just eating Chase's lunch. You, you guys know yeah. that. I mean, the, the, only per, the only people who can beat – Jalen Ramsey and especially like a press coverage and a quick scenario where the quarterback's going to have to get rid of the ball is Tyreek Hill because of his speed and Metcalf because of his strength, being able both those two 
can use those attributes to get off the get off of the pressure. Jamar Chase doesn't oh, well. have either those things to that level, so he's not going to be able to get out of that quickly. He'll be able to get out of it eventually, but if Burrow has to get rid of that ball quickly, whoever Ramsey's guarding, whether that's Chase, Higgins, Boyd, they're out of the equation. They're they're locked up. You're forgetting you're forgetting about a guy by the name of Devontae Adams. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, Devontae Adams. Off that that quick release for him as well. Yeah, I was mainly just thinking those other two guys just came to my head because you know. Tyreek Hill, super speed. DK Metcalf, super strong. But Jamar, he's not – he's not – he – I mean, he – in other ways, he's that guy. But in the case of getting off the press from Jalen Ramsey, he's not that guy. Not yet, at least. Not yet. Not yet, I should say. That ceiling is way up there. Will, let's hear it. I missed the – first part of this discussion so what's like the key to success here what's the key to success okay so obviously obviously um let me let me help you out here so we've discussed the rams pass rush the Bengals o-line and uh jalen ramsey just so you can get that the Bengals pass rush that's a good one rams o-line or was it the other way around it's both, both pass rushes and the Bengals O line and Jalen Ramsey. Okay, well, I mean, if we haven't looked at the main facet of this game, I mean, I think you guys know what I'm going to say. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> this young guy, this young cat, all right? And it's taken me some time to really think about this. But right now, and I know Drew will disagree with this, everyone in here will disagree with this. Right now, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the National Football League. Oh, my God, bro. He he is. He he is playing at an absurd level. I'm watching him play, and this is eye test. This dude's ball is is on a string. The ball is on a string when this dude throws. His deep ball is so (laughs) Come on. It's not on a string. He doesn't have uh, incredible arm talent. He has great accuracy. He has great IQ. But I would not say it's on a string. I mean, are you, right, are you telling me know. he's on? Are you telling me he's on the same arm level, arm talent level? Says like Josh Allen, Mahomes, those guys, Herbert. Herbert. He's number one. He's top two, and he ain't two. He's number one. And I'm not like sitting here. Arm talent wise, these low IQ guys joking around here, but like he is legitimately the best quarterback in the league right now. Not he wasn't. Uh, actually, might have been this season. I mean, he turned it up so. Okay. Much at the end of the season. Okay. When I made my that, quarterback rankings, he was not. Please turn it up. Will, Will, in that okay. Last game, right? AFC title. He threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns. That's an average game. And obviously, he has a huge impact on his team. He's a great leader. He's a winner. But mm-hmm. you that's not in on the box score. That's not an elite level performance by any means. You saw games this in these play. Josh Allen, nine touchdowns, no interceptions in two games. And you're gonna tell me Burrow's better than Allen right now? Hold on a second. Here. Did you just tell me how much yards did you just tell me Burrow threw in the hundreds? No, he's at two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah, two fifty. I thought you said it. I thought you said I. I must heard that. Okay. Like, but yeah, like two fifty. The difference is between, like. You got it. You got it. The difference between. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen is, is that 
you know, look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen could beat him in the regular season and the regular season only. Josh Allen can't beat Mahomes in the playoffs like Burrow clearly can. I mean, that's not on Josh Allen. You can't say Josh Allen can't beat Mahomes. Josh Allen had scored a thousand times in that game. That's on the defense. Josh Allen doesn't play defense. Josh Allen doesn't play defense. Well, I guess he does. No matter how good he does, he can't beat Mahomes. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow. (laughs) Joe Burrow in a game where you said 250 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Nothing jumps off. Not a great game. But I mean, you got the win, and then I can go look at their regular season match. So you got the win in the playoffs, and you look at that regular season matchup. Yeah, the regular season matchup, he went off. That's the Jamar Chase 268-yard game. 446 yards, four touchdowns. Mahomes in that game, 259, two TDs. And I know, obviously, that game doesn't show everything, but there was a string of games that that this guy had to end the season just incredible. Incredible play. And it, it continued. It, or he's been above average in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not been and the number one quarterback right now. I think this season he was the best. That stretch he went on was absurd. And if he went to the Super Bowl. The best the whole done, year. The best the whole yeah. year is Tom Brady. Tom Brady led in yards and touchdowns. It's as simple as that. It's one of those years. Oh, now we, get gonna, his, now, we get, now we get Will's rant about sorry, Tom I'm, Brady. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady literally – how many times has Tom Brady – and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tom Brady hater. I mean, I've sent that one stat a while ago, if you guys remember, of the whole – he has a 10% winning, uh, winning percentage in the playoffs without a top-10 defense, unlike Manning, who has around an 80. But, like, Brady this year especially, like, this was arguably, as a passer, his best season ever. I mean – you just can't say that Burrow was better this year. Here's a hot take. If I was in the same position that Tom Brady was in for his whole career, I'd have at least two Super Bowls. No. Nope. This dude's receivers are open every play. <laughs> <laughs> Look at last year. He made, last year. <laughs> he made Chris Hogan a good receiver. Oh my God. Chris Hogan Chris Hogan played lacrosse. How how can I anyone mean, take you seriously? After he you didn't make him that. good. The system, the system <laughs> made Chris Hogan. Good. I mean, I'm a I'm a Tom, Tom Brady. Brady I'm a Tom Brady. I'm a Peyton Manning's better than Tom Brady kind of guy, and yet I will say that Brady this year was easily, easily the best quarterback, and it's not even close. Tano was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, I just games, Joe Burrow. I feel like Joe you Burrow don't even watch the games. I do. I watch really? every play. It doesn't really? doesn't look like it, bro. At the end of the day, like though, it. the end of the day, though, who's playing in the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow or Tom Brady? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Who's in the Super Bowl right now? And Joe I think Burrow. It's gonna come down to Joe Burrow. And Nick Foles. There, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl a few years ago. One of my least favorite things is like I see it on social media all the time, especially TikTok, is like Herbert's better than Burrow and like wins aren't a QB stat. But I, who cares? I don't I don't care that Herbert's stats are better. The only thing that matters at the end of the day is the Super Bowl. If you win the Super Bowl, I think you're better. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, to a degree, to a degree. You're not going to sit here and tell me Burrow's better than Mahomes because Burrow won the last game and is going to the Super Bowl. I mean, in the playoffs? Mm? No. 
Mahomes has done better statistically every game. Mahomes. Is Joe Burrow equals better than Patrick Mahomes. He's two and out versus him. Yeah, and I, I agree. also can't. I, I can't agree. stand these people that are sitting around saying that, like the Bengals. And I know I just sat here and said Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL, which he is. The Bengals are loaded. <laughs> and this is okay. This is something that I know some people. I told this. I don't think I told you guys this. I actually had him in my preseason predictions, winning nine games. I mean, they won ten. That's a one game difference. Looking at this team before the season, you, you all you gotta do is look at their depth chart. This team is loaded. They have a phenomenal roster, and it's going to be a contender. They're going to win a Super Bowl in the next three, four seasons. Could be this season. I don't think it will. We'll get to that later. But, I mean, this team, this is a great team. But it's going to come down to Burrow in the Super Bowl. And yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to point out that I'm not, I'm not by any means a Burrow hater. I mean, he's arguably top five right now. And I love this Bengals team. Shout out my boy Nathan Bodenberg. Who day? I, 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 I hope they can win it. I like both of these teams. I have no problem with either of these teams. It's just like when people overrate players that are getting on a hot streak, it just – that's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to like media in sports. Absolutely. So uh, should we go to Super Bowl predictions? Yeah. Sure. Sounds good to me. All right, Drew, start. All right. Um, this pains me to say this. Because, like I said, I really do like the Bengals. They're a very likable team. Big fan of the color orange. But uh, I'm going to have to go with the Rams. And, uh, I mean, I guess I haven't really written down a score yet. But give me the Rams with the score of 34. And the Bengals are going to get 20-21. Rams. I feel like Joe Burrow is going against Donald, Miller, Floyd every single play. I mean, you could send that as a three-man rush. They could have eight guys in coverage every play, and Burrow's still going to be running for his life all day. I just don't see how – Like, I mean, if he pulls it off, I'd love to see it. I'd love to watch that, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it's pretty rare to see a, a mismatch quite like the one we're going to be seeing in this Super Bowl, you know. I honestly feel bad for the Bengals offensive line coach at this point, because I mean, what, what, what do you tell your guys tell you tell them to go out there, do your best. It's like a, Have fun. it's like a, it's like a fourth grade rec game. You're telling your kid, you, you just got to try your hardest because you know, at some point you just have to realize that this Rams defensive line is the best defensive line unit we have seen in the past decade. Um, and, and it's, I don't, it's not really debatable. Aaron Donald, like you said, Drew, and I agree with you, he's the most dominant player in NFL history in terms of just, like, if I were to go one-on-one with a guy, like, I'm not stopping Aaron Donald, you know? Um, No one can. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where as much as, like, you'd want to root root for the Bengals, and um, it's not like you're not rooting – it's not like no one's rooting against the Rams, you know? But um, as much as you want to try to convince yourself to pick the Bengals – when there is such a glaring mismatch that's highlighted in, in neon yellow lights on top of SoFi Stadium, that is the, the Rams' defensive line is just so much better. It's impossible to pick them. And, and like, what, one last thing before, you know, I've been chatty Cathy tonight. Um, but let's look at last year. We, we didn't go into the Super Bowl last year and say 
the Bucks defensive line is so much better than the the Chiefs offensive line. We didn't do it yet. This defensive line, who was obviously above average, but they weren't like superior, totally dominated the game. And that's the one area where if if, if there's a mismatch, you're you are going to dominate the game. Um, and so I want to pick the Rams big here, but I I, I you know Burrow's so hard to pick against. I think it's going to be like. I don't know. I, I'm going to go Rams by 10. Yeah, no, I want to go back to something. Like, I just thought of this when you said the score, and I thought about it earlier. Like, I can't even give a proper score guess because I feel like the, this Bengals offense, either they're going to find a way and they're going to do what they've been doing all season, or they're going to score like six. I mean, they're either going to get bullied all game by this uh, defensive front from the Rams, or Burrow's going to find a way, those receivers, elite receiving core, Joe Mixon, they're going to find a way to just put points on the board and it's going to be a shootout, or the Rams are just going to smoke them. There's no way the Bengals blow out the Rams, but the Rams can blow out the Bengals. Bengals can only win in a shootout against this team. All right, All right listen, listen, guys. You look at the Bengals, and I understand the argument with the pass rush, obviously, best, best pass rush we've seen in the past decade. But the Bengals, they've been doing it. And I have the Rams in this one. I have them winning 20, say we'll go 27-22-ish. Super Bowls are weird. Very weird scores. Very, Um, very. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the Rams, 27-22. I think that's going to be the score of this one. Um, But at the same time, I think, you know, you say, no way the Bengals keep this close. But you look at this this team and their schedule in the playoffs so far, I think the Raiders, they got a good pass rush. Not done with them. The Titans game. You look at the Titans game. Okay. Tennessee, their team. I know Tannehill had three picks. How much sacks do they have? Nine? Yeah. Nine. nine. Burrow still gets it done. I mean, if here's the difference. If they had nine sacks and they can win, how much are the Rams going to have? Here's the difference. Don't yes, the, the Titans had nine sacks, but they weren't applying pressure the entire game. Whereas this Rams team can rush three guys and they'll have pressure on Burrow the entire game. You know, we blitzed a lot because we knew blitzes were going to work. But when we weren't blitzing, we Burrow had plenty of time in the pocket. Yeah, and something else I want to bring up is, like, we have we have not once mentioned this Rams offense yet. I mean, you got to think you have, you have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, OBJ, who's hot right now. Van Jefferson is the – win healthy. He's the fourth receiver on this team if Robert Woods is healthy, and he's doing great. You've got r- options at running back. Cam Akers is back. Sonny Michelle, Daryl Henderson. I mean, both these are two high-powered offenses in one high-powered defense. I kind of worry about their offense, though. Is, is the moment too big for Matthew Stafford? That's the, that's, that's the thing with both teams. Because both, the, the moment was nearly too big last week. He, and he got I mean, it done. Is there anybody who's like actually going to play on either offense in this game with Super Bowl experience besides Sonny Michelle? <laughs> Not much. No. no. Exactly. Look at the Bengals as well. Both teams don't have any. Besides, I think the Bengals have what? Dude from the Falcons. Forget his name. Ricardo Allen. Ricardo Allen. Ricardo Allen. From Purdue University. All right, Austin. Let me let me hear let me hear something. All right, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> uh, you can take Detroit out of Stafford, 
but you can't fix the, the tr- messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> you can take no. Stafford out of Detroit, but you can't take Detroit out of Stafford. Stafford crafts the bed. Uh, Rams put up 11 points. Bengals win it 27-11. That's it. That's all I got. Fair. I mean, I can see this being a another Rams-Patriots as much as it pains to say. I mean, it's this is such a hard game to predict because there's so many factors. Yeah, I, I agree. Because, I mean, last year we saw it. You got a team with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey scoring nine. Like, the Super Bowl is just wild. Whoever comes ready to play is the team that's going to take it. I mean, it's just a matter of mentality at this point. I think it's a total coaching mismatch, too. Yeah, Zach, I would agree. Zach Taylor – as as good as everyone wants to make him out to be, he like like Will said earlier, this is a very talented team, and at some point, talent is going to hide things that we see. You know, Zach Taylor has had questionable questionable moments throughout the playoffs regarding you know certain challenges and stuff, and you know at this rate, like Sean McVay has been in this moment before. Sean McVay was Zach Taylor's like mentor. So you, you don't think he knows a little bit about what Taylor's going to be thinking heading into this game. I just, I don't know. I think McVeigh is built for this moment more than Taylor is at least for now. I think McVeigh is kind of a choker. I think this goes back to the Tommy Lloyd, Mark few stuff. I think uh, Zach Taylor under Sean Taylor or Sean Taylor, <laughs> Sean McVeigh. I think Zach Taylor gets the first ring. It's going to be a fun game. Halftime show. <laughs> Whew. Could be one. We got a lineup. It's going to be horrible. We got a lineup. Just saying. What? what? Goodbye, yep. Brooks. <laughs> nope. Awesome. Who you want? Who you want out there? You want uh, You want your, like, Luke Bryan, some Blake Shelton? Is that what yeah, you want? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take some country guys out there. French Montana? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I, 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 I think the Super Bowl halftime has just fallen off, honestly, since uh, J-Lo and uh, Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> this Dude, is like, going to be a good halftime show. This is good. This These guys are built for this. Yeah. Kendrick, Dre, Kendrick, Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg. I mean, this this could be this could, this could be the Super Bowl that defines our childhood. Gonna be honest here. I'm just excited for Snoop Dogg, and that's it. That one was that that title was probably sadly already taken from the Pats and the Seahawks. I don't know, but like we surely that was a one for the ages, oh, but yeah. we're, we're at a point in our mind analysis career where we can break down, you know, games at a higher level than we were able to back then. And we've got two great colors. We've got two storied franchises. We've got a great halftime show. We've got two quarterbacks that people are rooting for. There's a lot of factors going into this game that are fun to root for. I got two more predictions. Um, national anthem over under is 95 seconds or a minute 35 seconds. Where we who's, who's performing? Who's performing? Ah, God, I I'm not for sure, but I feel like one of the last two years was really short. No, last 11 has been over. You sure? Is it all here? on TikTok. Here is who is playing. It's uh, Mickey Guyton. Mickey Guyton. Mickey I, Guyton. I feel like Will's, I feel like Will's the only one who would take from that. 
I feel like, wait, is Mickey Guyton a dude? <laughs> Hold on. I don't even Mickey Guyton's a woman. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. She's a, oh, yeah. Oh, it's over. She's country. She's over. It's going to be over. Okay. So it's, so it's a girl, it's a girl country singer. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Country, country singer in general. Like, I feel like you can either just go with, like, you know, that, that, that fast pace, you know, just strumming quick on that guitar or she can, she can take her time. That is, that's a tough one. Give me the over, though. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, recent i'm gonna go with just like you know it's like tales never fails you know give me give me the over you know so i sometimes like in my mind i'll just replay the moment where draymond green starts laughing during that video <laughs> dude that is like that that image of him like i know exactly what it looks like he just like his mouth's like shut and his like donkey teeth just like shoot out and that is literally like the most like that that image is burned into my mind right now just thinking about it and then and then the last one are we taking heads or tails Tails. Give me tails. 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 Yeah. Give me tails. Wilson, Give take heads. Me tails. Oh, wow. <laughs> Might have to take heads now. <laughs> hey, Will, how would you describe tails on the uh, on the betting odds? Tails is minus minus one hundred. But but what is it? <laughs> You're taking the minus one hundred. What is it? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm taking the minus one hundred. Okay, but think about it. Oh oh. Oh, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I you were 50, 50. It's 50-50. There's no odds to that. Okay, but, but is, <laughs> is it free cash? But is it 50-50? Because if the, if the coin starts with heads up, up, then there's something to say about the rotations and how many rotations you get. Maybe there's a higher percent chance. Uh, every every coin odd number of different. rotations. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's, not, it's not a set number of rotations, though, so I don't feel like that matters. I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, we'll find out. We'll find out next Sunday, one week from today, February 13th. Let's roll, yep. gentlemen. Yeah. Tails has actually prevailed 29 times, 29 to 26 of heads. <laughs> Super Bowl, so. so statistically, it's more likely. No. So Interesting. I'm also, I also saw from DraftKings, it is like 50-50 odds. So. Hmm. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> the Texans have officially taken Josh McCown off their uh, head coaching list, which I think I think that could be a mistake for them. I liked I liked him as a coaching candidate personally okay, with his experience. On we're going to need to extend this pod a little bit longer to talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I let's, feel like, let's let's talk about some head coaching like, jobs. I feel like I feel like with McCown's like experience around the league. He's one of the better options you can get out of a quarterback that you want to become a coach. Cause I feel like it's not, hold on one second. I feel like it's not all about uh, just being a really good player. Cause like you have a lot of unorthodox QBs who could be super good. Like guys, like I, I don't feel like when he's all of a sudden done, like Patrick Mahomes doesn't strike me as a, like a Josh Allen doesn't strike me as a NFL head coach kind of guy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like Josh, like Josh McCown, man, just like that journeyman. I feel like he's just got that – he's learned a lot from where he's been. I feel like he could really fit into that role very I mean, well. I mean, if you hired – I mean, they're not going to, but if you hired him, I mean, are you really slowing anything up? The Texans aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah, I, feel like that's a, I feel like that's a risk they should have been willing to take. Well, listen to this. If the Texans do go at Flores, we do know that there's a quarterback down there in Houston that's had some ties with Flores who, you know, if he's hired, might – 
start lacing up the cleats again. Did they go to the massage or, together? Or <laughs> uh, probably, but I also think, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into this, but there is pressure right now on them to hire Flores from what's been going on, but I'm not going to get into that, which is probably where they're going to go because I saw that the final two candidates for the job were Flores and McCown. No, it's uh, Levy Smith now, their defense coordinator, going in as the final two with Flores. Oh. As an AFC South fan, and I know I speak for all of us, I think Flores kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there's one, there's one coaching candidate that could pull the Texans back to mediocrity out of the pits, <laughs> out of the pits of, of sorrow that they've been in for the last two and a half years, it would be Flores. So that's a little frightening. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not Lovey Smith. No, absolutely. No, Lovey, no. Lovey Smith, Lovey, like, it's a joke. Lovey Smith couldn't get a winning record at Illinois in college. I don't know how you expect him to be good in the NFL. Couldn't beat, couldn't beat Purdue. <laughs> and now uh, you get two and ten this year. Yeah. All right. Go Any other? What about uh, Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins? Will, I know you love him. Great hire. That dude's a guru. <laughs> Offensive guru comes from Shanahan. What a hire! I see success in Miami, but <laughs> their quarterback, their quarterback needs to go. Dude, I, gotta go. I don't know. I think Tua can be. I think Tua could be like a. Uh, I don't. I don't know exactly the quarterback I'm going to think of right now, but I think he could be okay. I agree. I think he can. He can take you to a playoff and maybe win a wild card game. No, no way. Yeah. But is that the, a few years? Is that the goal of your team ultimately? Ooh, let's, As go, Tua, let's go win a wild card for, for game. The, for the I mean, Dolphins, the, the, t- the Titans do it every year, so why not? Yeah, exactly. We don't even have to play in the wild card. We just, <laughs> we, just, we just have to get beat 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 on divisional Saturday. Dude, what if the the Texans didn't make Bill O'Brien the GM? Because O'Brien's a good coach. Yeah, just he's not a good GM. Was up 24-0 in Arrowhead um, against the Chiefs a few years ago. Choked it away, but. I think he's, for, at the Patriots game at OC, you're looking at the Pats, potentially. Going, doing even better than they did this year. Yeah, I think McDaniels is going to, uh, or uh, Josh McDaniels is going to fail in oh, Las yeah. Vegas. He's failing there for sure. Every, everyone on board with that. Basachi kind of got a raw deal there, didn't he? Dude, he why why they, he did so good for them. Every guy loved him there, and they go out and get a controversial guy, just horrible for the Broncos. I was, speaking of the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, literally the Vic fan, Vic Fangio of offense. I mean, horrible. I mean, at that point, when you sign a guy like Hackett, it's Rogers or bust. Yeah, like that. That's the that's the most like openly free agent like tar- like how to say like free agent targeted signing i've ever seen yeah. oh my god 100% um what about Doug Peterson and- in Jacksonville scary oh boys did we I see on our twitter twitter ursay liked yeah I'll, I'll go to it ursay liked the tweet about Wilson and Rodgers which is pretty big to be honest with you you shaking in your you shaking in your boots mefford no not at all <laughs> I mean, Jim Ursay is out here liking tweets that say, you know, 
I'm from Brazil. Hey, can you go tell Chris Ballard to get what Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers hashtag for the shoe Colts nation. I mean, that's for him to be liking tweets like that. It says something to me. And with everything Ballard, Ballard has been saying, it seems like this to me is the off season. It is the off season. They don't have a first round pick or a third round pick. No, no, it's we have a third. Off-season. We have a third. Third gave up last year. Oh, I thought we didn't have a third this year. No, nah, we have a third no, this I'm, year. No, I'm pretty sure we gave up a third in the Wentz trade. We gave up a third in the Wentz trade for last year's draft. Oh, okay. Because oh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the second round, we took a Dangbo, and then in the fourth round, we took Granson. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Just not really worried. Yeah. No, you're not? No. You think, you think it's still Tanny time? It is. Tannehill yeah. sucks. What isn't isn't he 34 now? 33, 34. 34. Wilson, Wilson's, yeah, he, Wilson's he, coming to Nashville. No, he's not, dude. Who's your GM J Rob? J Rob. that stat that you sent about uh J Rob's record compared to Ballard, it's just so bad. It's so you gotta bring context in. Okay, 2017, Lux out. Okay, Lux getting shoulder surgery. 2018. When he has luck, he has his roster. Who's 11, better? Five. Who's better, Brissett or Mariota? Brissett, right? Mm, that's, that's a toss-up. It, that's, it that's really doesn't matter. Thing. Okay, anyway, 2019, your franchise quarterback, the reason you're there, retires, what, three weeks before the season starts? Do you really think nope. that, that, that team didn't compliment Brissett? Brissett, no offense to him, but he kind of sucks. Um, guess what? We ended the dynasty and then we marched into Baltimore and took care of business. And then, <laughs> and then what 2020 got his quarterback that he wanted that year, 11 and five. And then, well, for this year, horrible. I mean, nine and eight. This team was at least AFC championship bound with a, a content quarterback. Oh, I think Ballard's a great GM, but I think. J Rob has kind of been living in his shadow when he really should be the other way around. I think that was really good. They're both excellent. Luck on his side, clear. Easily two of of the top two of the top seven GMs in the league. Yeah, J Rob's turned around uh, Tennessee ever since uh, they're one yard away. (laughs) But I I seriously think we got to take a look. How much other GMs would handle the adversity Ballard has faced in the same way? I mean, seriously, he's yeah, no, Ballard, Ballard wants to make a playoff win and horrible adversity. That, Col- that Colts front office wants to make something happen. That's gonna, it's going to be fun to see if they can pull something off. Also, yeah. and the, Malik, the thing is, it doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be a quarterback. No, will, no, not Malik Willis. Will. I will be. I'll be perfectly content if Carson Wentz is our starting quarterback if we have two brand-new receivers starting on that offense with him that are upgrades, of course. Are you talking like uh, Michael Gallup? Yes. I would love – Michael Gallup is one of the, like, my most anticipated realistic signings for the Colts, and I don't care about his injury. Listen, I don't think any receiver, and especially with the stuff going around in the media with Carson Wentz, I understand statistically – was not a bad season, but with the eye test, yeah, no, the eye test he was mid. Mid. Oh. and hey. <laughs> there are a lot of clowns in Roman the streets, and I think that needs to be addressed. No, it doesn't. 
All right, hey, hold up. Let's I'm stop looking, right I'm here. Looking, that's, I'm, look, I'm looking at one. <laughs> discussions about discussion about Instagram comments that you find from Colts fans are not worthy of being on the video. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fan group, pages. These are the people a, representing the fans. That's a group <laughs> chat thing, bro. That's a group chat thing. Come on. He's gonna You're talk about Carson militia. Carson <laughs> went, <laughs> he's on his side. He's like, we're, gonna, we're talking about Colts militia on our first <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you for tuning in. We really hoped you enjoyed this. You know, this was honestly a, a unique opportunity for each and every one of us. You know, Barker obviously leaves a lot on the table, and <laughs> we, we we would love to bring him in next time. I meant I meant like I meant like there's a lot still on the table with Barker not being here because he, you know, he's he's very opinionated and he's fun. He's fun to listen to. He's fun to argue with. So uh, hopefully next week's gonna be fun. Uh, honestly. It, looking at it from right now, it's going to be a breakdown of the Super Bowl. I don't think that yeah. there's any there's any doubt about what we're going to be talking about. So, you know, hopefully that intrigues you guys. Um, make sure to follow the Instagram. That's at spd.pod, like spd.pod. Um, and like, rate, do all this sort of stuff. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys.